Shannon, it is a pleasure to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. So what's up? been a long time. How are you? This is fun. I like the musical instrument portion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I feel like it's unique. I don't think enough people are doing anything like that. People have like the overly produced. I mean, of course, of course, you know, people have the the produced intro. Now get ready. Bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need all that. I just play the little drum and start talking. I like it. <laughs> Um, there it is. I was able to get rid of that. Just on my screen, I'm, this has nothing to do with the show. But okay. figuring it all out as we go. It's an evolving process. <laughs> Hence the name of the show. <laughs> so the cool thing is sometimes when I, when I host this, I know, I know you and I have met a few times. Mm-hmm. But I really don't know much about you. So I really kind of want to like dive in and sort of, you know, see what, what we can find in common or, like, just kind of know you a little bit because it, it's been so, like, peripheral. I don't think we've ever had a conversation that's been more than, like, hello. Yeah, okay, I think bye. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so where'd you grow up? Um, did you, did uh, you uh, I, have, like, two parents? Did you have the both parents thing and the siblings thing? Yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn, in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Um, both of my parents were together. They're still together. And, uh, I have a little sister. She's about five and a half years younger than me. Okay. So there's a good kind of example for something that can work like a structure. Yeah. It's kind of the only example in life. Yeah, <laughs> the I mean, fact that they're still together. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't hear about that very much. I mean, I, my parents aren't together and they, they broke up when I was a little kid. So yeah, they actually, they, um, they met and were married within three months. Like they met in the army because my dad's from Brooklyn. My mom is from Maine, like a little bitty town in Maine. And they met in the army when they were like 19 and 21. And yeah, they just got married after three months, had me after two years and moved back here. And then that was it. Did you ever wonder why, People in the military, like, are so quick to, like, want to get married real young. I think because when I feel like a lot of the time younger people are in the military because they're trying to run from something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're they're trying to get away from their home. And if that's your mindset, I feel like that leaves you open to the influence of other people. Not saying that in a bad way, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's just like you're hungry and you're looking for something and love kind of fills that void. I met a guy at a show. I met a guy at a show. Well, there was like it was like um, we had our, our wrestling show, and then after there was like a there was like a an after party at the bar, and this guy came up to me, and he, he was like, "Oh, did you meet my wife? She she was just up here. She was talking to me." And I was like, "Oh, that was your wife." I was like, "How old are you? What are you talking about? Like you?" And he was like, oh, "I'm 22." And I was like, mm-hmm. well, "Why did you do it?" <laughs> like and, he, and then he like went into telling me. Other stuff, because like sometimes I like to kind of get outside of like what I already pre prejudged it as. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was always I thought it was always like, oh, well, the the military is giving me money. And in case I die, I want it to go to somebody. Makes sense. I, I kind of I, that's in my head. I thought that was maybe what it was. Mm-hmm. 
And when I was talking to him about it, he was like, uh, I, I was able to cry in front of her and I've never been able to cry in front of someone before. Aww. And then I was like, I was like, I've been there. I think I've been there before. I, I was like, I, I, I mentioned to him, I was like, the girlfriend I had at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, I cried in front of my girl once. And I, I was like, and then I told him what it was that I cried in front of my girlfriend about. And I was like, and I was like, oh, when I was a kid, my dad beat the shit out of me once. And like, I was still holding on to that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you just met me. You <laughs> just met me right now. And you're telling me your dad beat the shit out of you and you cried. Like, and you're a, you're a fucking pro wrestler. Why are you like, why do we think I care? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's all I, I want to be like pretty open and honest about who I am and my presentation and whatever. And then he was like, I never told anybody this. Do you want, do you want me to tell you, you want me to tell you what I cried about in front of my wife? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, come outside with me. I got to smoke a cigarette. So I went outside with him and he was like, he kind of started crying again. And he was like, I, I worry about my soul. And I was okay. He's like, I've killed 233 people in my job. And, uh, I was able to cry about that with her. And then he was like, also able to cry about the fact that like the people who say to me, thank you for your service. Don't know what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Don't know the weight that's on me. And I'm like, I had to like change. I had to be like, look, man, it's not like to them. It's very much like, it's almost like when it's your birthday and everybody on Facebook says happy birthday to you. Mm-hmm. It's to them just like the, it's like a, a formality. Yeah, it's a very formality. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not as sincere because they truly are grateful that you do that service so they don't have to do that service. Mm-hmm. But like maybe maybe don't take it so personally. <laughs> maybe it's just like a lot of a lot of us who would say something like that. I didn't say it, but a lot of us who would say something like that have had service members in their family and maybe lost somebody or know somebody who's gone through something and people who have post-traumatic stress and like live with that. And, uh, as I was telling him that, uh, he cried, he was crying even more. And he was like, you know, I don't know how to like, I don't know how to like, how I'm going to adapt now to knowing like this stuff that you're saying to me. And, because like I was listening to him, I was like I was like quiet and listening more than I was speaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, nobody. I don't ever talk to anybody about this kind of thing." And I, I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, you can talk to me anytime." And and then the next month, the next show came up, and his wife was there, and he wasn't there, and she was like, "What did you say to my husband?" And she like really pulled me aside and was like, "You did something to him." Some sums up. What'd you do? What'd you say? And I was like, nothing. Like I just kind of like gave her a very cliff notes version of that. And then she's like, he's different. He's better now. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and I, and then I started taking it like, well, because of doing the podcast, I started like being able to understand that I don't have to speak all the time, and I can like listen and. That's not the example here because I've been speaking this whole time and you've been listening, <laughs> but, but it's like, 
just by taking that, I learned to try to like hear people more often mm-hmm. because everybody, right or wrong, like whatever, you, you deserve a voice. You deserve to be heard. You deserve to be seen. You deserve to have your feelings seen and kind of validated. If if not for anything else, for like somebody to be like, ah, that's pretty stupid. Ah, that's pretty ridiculous. If it's wrong. Like- also, I just well, first I feel like that's something that more people need to come to the realization of is to like stop talking so much and take a moment to listen because like, you know, and I, I'm also like uncomfortable with silence. Like if there's a lull in a conversation, I'm just like scrambling to think of something really quickly because I get so nervous in a, in a silent situation. But aside from that, it's like people will and even like a shady person, like people will tell you who they are if you if you just listen to it. And I feel like people miss out on that a lot. And then the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, I really think that a lot of things, and this is gonna be like a corny girl thing to say, but like a lot of things happen for a reason. And like, this is something where it's like, you guys were definitely meant to cross paths for, you know, to make the difference in, in like, it seems you've made a difference in his life, but also he's le- he's left a lasting impression in yours as well. If you're still retelling the story. So it's like meant to be. Shannon, you are right. That is a corny girl thing to say. <laughs> no, but I, I think so. I, I agree. I agree with you. I think yeah, there's a lot of times where I, I like to be able to have bigger conversations with people because most, for the most part, all your interactions with people are very peripheral, mm-hmm. like, like you and I. Like I was saying, we're we were very peripheral. Every time it's been like, "Hi, how you doing? All right, see ya." Like, mm-hmm. but if we get a chance to kind of just get into the dough with somebody and and sort of like see what forms, they like calling me fat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking about you on my dough. <laughs> no, no, but um, so did. Were you in comedy before you started working for Guess? No, I've never been. Well, not as like a profession. I've never been in comedy. I don't intend on ever doing it. That seems like magic to me, what they do on stage. But um, I've been a comedy fan forever. You know, like growing up, I remember like Sam Kinison and like uh, Rodney Dangerfield on the television all the time. So like I've always been a fan of comedy. And uh, when I would go to comedy clubs all the time. And then when I started my podcast like eight years ago, um, it's like, you know, at the beginning kind of phases, I would I would go to comedy clubs and like try to like introduce myself to comedians and ask them nicely just if they wanted to be a guest on my show. And back then they didn't get the billion requests that I'm sure everybody gets now to be guests mm-hmm. on podcasts. But um, uh, yeah, and then that's how I like made some friends in the industry and then eventually got to meet Ralph and Lewis kind of through all of that. And then that's mm-hmm. what brought me to Guest Digital. I think I think for the most part, I mean, I haven't been doing my podcast for as long as you, but I think that it, when you approach somebody, like I've learned nowadays, because people get a billion requests, mm-hmm. people go like, what's in that for me? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's like, oh, well, if this person's got 700.5 thousand yeah. Twitter followers, sure, absolutely. I want to be on your podcast. But like, if I have 550 followers on Twitter, I'm most likely going to be left on red. <laughs> like right. I'm most likely. It's like, but if you took this, if you took a couple of seconds to kind of like talk to me or hear me or like look at who I am a little bit, 
uh, maybe you'd know that like maybe we'll just have a cool time hanging out on the show mm -hmm. and just it's like I'd rather I'd rather at the end of the day if there's nothing else for you for you to be like maybe that might have changed my mind on some stuff that I didn't you know I I, I kind of want to like switch perceptions like I did with that guy in the bar mm -hmm. where it's like you just you kind of like change the impression of what you might have thought of somebody because I'd imagine most people would see me from a, from a distance or like a the distance through the phone screen and be like, well, this guy's a pro wrestler and a comedian. I don't know what, you know, what we're going to have in common. I don't know what, you know, what common ground we'll find or if like he's even smart. They probably think I'm stupid. Most people probably think I'm a big meathead. And <laughs> but I, I'd rather, I'd rather have you find out for yourself. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have you take the opportunity to find out for yourself that I'm an idiot than <laughs> what, what's that old, there's an old saying is like, ra it'd rather be thought an idiot than open your mouth and prove, prove me right or something like that. Sure. <laughs> that works. <laughs> so, so. When you were coming up, like when when you were coming up first through the the podcast, the thing is, right? Thing, That's, yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. coming up, like you said, like eight years ago, when you were go going up to people to ask them to be on the pod, uh, see, podcasting was kind of a thing, but like not as much of a thing back then. Like yeah. I know I've been listening to podcasts. I think I started listening to podcasts in like 2011, probably, mm -hmm. and then we started our first podcast in. 2012 so i mean i've been like connect but around where i live and oh i'm gonna actually get back to that in a second but something you said around where i live nobody around here knows what a podcast is nobody where are you philly yeah nobody else like that i know has a podcast and if i talk to friends who are like into comedy or into this i'm like oh you listen to podcasts and then like listen to joe rogan sometimes i'm mm -hmm. like Nobody really goes beyond that. But since you said that you're a big fan of uh, Sam Kennison, I was thinking about earlier today, I was in Phil like in Center City on South Street, and there was a there was a, a PPA, like a Philadelphia Parking Authority okay. uh, lady giving tickets, and she looked just like Sam Kennison. Oh, my God. How unfortunate. <laughs> yes, sir. We go, we go up to him and be like, ah! Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his bits that well. Not like I was never a huge Sam Kinison fan. I think that the screaming kind of turned me off because I was too erratic myself. Mm -hmm. But um, it's kind of like when people go like, "Oh, I don't want, I don't want to watch older movies because then it's just bad special effects, and I don't, I can't get into it." Like it's harder to suspend my disbelief, but like I've seen so much other really good modern comedy mm -hmm. that I feel like going back. But but at the same time, some stuff is evergreen. Like like George Carlin, you watch his stuff and you're like, wow, this is still relevant right now. Right. That's that's a weird thing about about like topical stuff. Did do you have anything like that 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 like stands out the most that you're like, oh, that was a good bit for that time, but it. No for Sam Kinison, I haven't gone back and rewatched it. In no, I mean, I'm going to talk about the comedy umbrella in general. Is there? Oh, yeah. I mean, like some of my 
oddly enough, some of my favorite comedians are like cleaner comedians, not ones that I that's a wrong way to phrase it. My my friends and people that I work with are hilarious and they are some of my favorite comedians. But some of the ones that aren't the ones that I work with are like, <laughs> are like, I feel like you really did jumping jacks around that one. It just it just sounded completely wrong. That's not what I was trying to say. But like uh, like Brian Regan and mm-hmm. Gary Goleman. Um Gaffigan. Uh, yeah. Uh but like Brian Regan is like his some of his bits, my sister and I can like recite them word for word and they're not anything that's like time sensitive it's just about like right. him as a kid and it's just freaking great that's what that's you what, know like how his arm head. bends like this it ain't doing that anymore <laughs> he's great if you're going to the store anyway why don't you just jake you know kevin's arm <laughs> I, love, I love brian regan that's uh, great i'm a i'm probably a bigger comedy nerd than like anybody that you know, like I don't know that you know, but I'm saying no. like no, <laughs> like anybody with... that you'll like run to on on the streets or whatever. Like it, mm-hmm. it's just like I can I can do the same thing with like uh, like reciting entire bits from like Mitch Hedberg. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what I do it like Brian Regan, of course, all the time. Uh, Mike Rabiglia, John Mulaney. Uh, Pete Holmes, all that stuff, all the time, constantly quoting comedy bits. But whatever, whatever, like, what made you decide that, like, you don't want to do comedy? Have you ever even, like, got an open mic or anything or ever tried to write any bits? Nope. No? That is not my, I don't like to be on stage. Like, I don't, I don't like that part of it. I don't, it's just like, I may have a funny line every so often, just like every other human being does, yeah. but it's not something that I I, I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself necessarily a funny person. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so because of those reasons, <laughs> I have no business being a comedian. Um, I I did, I don't, uh, I think it was, I guess two years ago now was the last gang fest. And mm-hmm. there was a roast battle that my boss, Luis J. Gomez, talked me into battling Mike Harrington, who was another uh, guest digital employee. And I was on stage trembling. I was so scared. And these are like fans. These are all fans. They all know who I am. And mm-hmm. if you were to ever be on stage in front of a group of people, this would be the group of people to be in front of. Right. And I was going to win no matter what, because everybody hates Harrington. <laughs> Sorry, I love you, Harrington. Um, but I was terrified, like sweating, shaking, couldn't wait to get off stage. It's just that is not my thing. <laughs> was that was that the same one where there was the, 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 the ring where Harrington got beat up by Lewis? I think so. Yeah, I think that I think it was the same weekend. Yeah, I think it was. That was great. I was at the last two of them. Was yeah, that, I think that, it was that, the last one. Okay. But yeah, I mean, did someone write jokes for you or I worked you, on uh, the jokes with ev- with like several comedians. Yeah. And I would like I would someone would, like punch something up and then I'd bring the whole thing to a different comedian and then they'd be like, take this one out, put this one in. So yeah, I had a lot of help. Uh, yeah, I've I've done that myself. <laughs> like <laughs> when it comes to like, well, I, I kinda like this one, but I don't know. And then like I'll call like Harry or something and be like, oh, listen to this and tell me what you think. And he'd be like, mm-hmm. well, I wouldn't go with that, but you go ahead. Like, <laughs> I call him like my comedy dad because he'd be like, you're going to not listen to me anyway. <laughs> but uh, the uh, 
those those are stressful. They're really stressful. And the the last one I did was in COVID during the 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 lockdown. So it was a virtual one. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was like going back and forth with Marin, and he was like, "Well, we're probably going to cancel it for tomorrow. We'll probably reschedule till tomorrow." And then I took an edible, and then he was like, and he was like, "Nope, we're not canceling it till tomorrow." And then I like got on there and I was like, "Well, you're gonna." <laughs> And I was like, I was like, so, so dumb. Oh my God, but, I can't imagine. And like, I think one of the judges was like, I can tell that you're nice. <laughs> but, uh, and I, I was pretty honest about the edibles thing. And the other guy was like, the one judge was like, man, if you knew you were going to be doing this, why did you take an edible? And I was like, I thought it was going to be rescheduled. <laughs> I feel like that's rough when they're not even making fun of you in the judging and they're actually being nice to you. I think that's worse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So did you, have you judged any of them? No, Harrington's asked me a couple of times, but it's always like last minute and I can't make it there. Mm -hmm. So I haven't, I've been to, before it was comedy fight club. I went to a couple of the roast battles or Mm -hmm. roast masters, whatever they called it. Mm -hmm. I've been to a few, um, but yeah, I have never judged it. Yeah, they, we did a couple at the Capitol shows in the ring. So I was like there for it. I wasn't really a judge, but I was like in the ring with them. Mm-hmm. But it's it was it's probably it was probably a real cool experience for those roasters and those comics to like be in a ring for the first time and mm-hmm. be doing it inside of a ring. I mean, it's battle and then inside of a ring. I'd imagine would've been really cool. That's yeah. like um Chris Cotton came and did uh uh, guest judge for that. Mm-hmm. So I have a picture on my like my Facebook banner. Uh, banner, yeah, mm-hmm. with me and Chris in the ring. That's cool. It seems like an ideal setting for a roast battle. You got to build a stage that looks like a ring. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So, what um, what has been your favorite thing you've done since since starting this podcast? Like um, has it has it kind of changed who you are? I mean, you're more outgoing, or are you more like? I don't think aesthetic? I don't I don't think that the show. I mean, working for Gas Digital, I think, has changed who I am a little bit. But the show it's the show itself has evolved over the years. I mean, it started out. I mean, I I guess I was 30 when it started. Now I'm 100, and uh, <laughs> well, that's. Chronologically, that checks out. Yeah, it works. Um, when I when I started it, I used to actually like date a lot, and so I would go to work at the office and then like go and tell my friends the stories of like this crazy guy that I went on a date with and all the crazy shit that happened, and they would always be like, "You have to just write a book of all your stories," and I'm like, "That's I'm never gonna do that." But that's around the time that I started listening to podcasts, and after a little bit, I was like, "You know what? Maybe I'll just do a podcast about it." So my best friend and I, we would just come to my house like once a week and like drink wine and just talk shit into one Yeti microphone. It was like a multi-directional one microphone in the middle of my living room. And that's how we started. And then over the years, like I've gone through a bunch of different co-hosts and uh, and then I didn't settle into my current co-host until now at Gas Digital. We would just cross each other's paths all the time. It's Maddie Jester Skulls. And he was hosting another show. And we got along relatively well, which now we don't now that we're on the show together. But I think that's entertaining. And uh, <laughs> and then so as time has passed and like talking with 
so many different like personalities that are guests on the show. Um, I realized that they were, I like to hear about other people's stories about like bad dates and, and like even like good dates, stuff that works out. But like, I like hearing about other people's relationship experiences. Mm-hmm. And then as time passed, I realized that the other things I also like to hear about, which you should prepare because you're going to be on my show tomorrow, <laughs> is for uh, to hear about people's fights, like physical altercations that they've been in. And then also, and this is something like I've always been, and I feel like most people are, but maybe a, a lot of guys are scared to admit it, but interested in the paranormal. And mm-hmm. if you, I feel like 98% of people have had some kind of experience, whether they're willing to admit it or not. And I realized during that segment, a lot of guests will come on and be like, I don't really have anything. And then if you keep them talking a little bit, they'll be like, well, oh yeah, yeah, this one thing kind of happened, but it's probably not a ghost, but I don't know how to explain it. And so that's how it's now those three segments on the show, the bad date fight and ghost. And uh, it's stuff that I genuinely just like to hear other people's experiences about. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's what it is now. Okay. Well, that's stuff that I can prepare myself for for tomorrow. That's <laughs> that's I already have I already have things in the barrel. I know where I'm Great. going with it. Perfect. I don't I I do this thing. Normally I usually wait till like the end of the show, but why don't I do it now? Sure. You, you can you can be the host right now. This is your podcast at this very moment. If you want to ask me anything or say anything to me, go for it. Um, okay, well, I don't want to burn those questions because I'm going to save them for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can always. I'm, I'm an actor, so I can always <laughs> act like it's the first time I'm hearing. These no, or you can tell a story and tell a different one tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Well, I'm, if it's nothing you've told in the show before, tell me about your the most recent time you were. No, 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 no. I want to save this. <laughs> tell me about a time that you lost a fight. A real fight. Oh boy. Um, Never lost a fight. Not in grade school. No. Fights would you say you've been in ever? Probably 10. And that's all like solo, like one on one, and you Mm -hmm. won every time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mostly. (laughs) <laughs> mostly. So there well, is a lot. Mostly win, you won. Okay. So, but the other people would say that you won all those fights. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd say I, I'm a very peaceful person. I like to avoid fights as often as possible. Um, I'm very, like, hey, let's figure this. Out. I think my mom has always thrown the idea of. Violence being the tool of the ignorant, kind of like the same thing when they say like, whoever curses first in the fight lost it, because mm-hmm. uh, you couldn't think of something smarter to say or something smarter to do, than to like, start fighting. But like everything has always been like a reaction to something. It's never mm-hmm. been like, it's never been like I've started a fight. I've just kind of ended them. Have you seen? There's a doc, a new like docu series on Netflix. And it's like the history of curse words. I and saw a, a clip, but I didn't. Yeah, see. in the first episode is the word fuck. I guess that's the one you got to get out of the way first. And there are studies that were done that actually show when you are cursing, it actually raises your pain tolerance. Mm. So there's something, it's like, you know, there is the thing, and I've always heard this as well. My, my family 
well, most of my family are not, like, we still don't curse around each other. Like I will say crap and heck <laughs> still as, <laughs> as my age now to them. But, um, but there is something to it. It's like a way to convey an emotion in a strong way. And it does have an, an odd effect on the brain. It's very interesting. That is, that is interesting. Well, like there's a difference in, in how like I take pain when I like, when I wrestle, my adrenaline's going. Like, so I, I've been like legit hit a lot because like my adrenaline's going and I can't tell that I got legit hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll like do crazier things like fall through stuff because I can't feel it. Can't feel it till like the day. I, I mean, I, I'm estimating and I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too generous on this, but I'm guessing probably like 20 plus concussions. Wow. I'm guessing. I know that like for the first couple of years that I was like on bigger shows, I'd always come into the back and not know what the hell I was doing and like not remember any of the match. Mm. So I think every one of those was like a concussion, uh, like okay. in, in, um, in documentaries, have you ever seen head games? It was like, a, it was on Netflix for a while. It was about concussions and sports and no, but I was about to ask you what your brain is like today. Cause that's a scary thing. I feel like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd think you would think that it was like kind of messed up, but it's all right. I, I, um, I had, I had brain surgery, uh, 2011 and it was something unrelated to the concussions. It was completely unrelated to all that. You know, the, the surgery that Marin had, mm-hmm. I had the same one. Okay. So wow. the same one, uh, what are TJ the odds? Miller. <laughs> what's that? What are the odds? Right. And TJ Miller had the same one. TJ Miller had it the year before me. And then I had it. And then Marin had it like what, 2016, 15, oh, 16. Maybe. Yeah. But, but, um, yeah, it's something like you're born with it's uh, it's called an AVM, an arterial venous malformation. So it was a cranial AVM where it just like put up like a, it just bled out into the front of my head and I had a seizure Oh my God. and then they just went in and, and fixed it all up and uh and then they did brain scans and there's no residual damage from any kind of concussions or anything and then i was able to get back in the ring like a year later this is terrifying and this is gonna ruin my life for like a couple of weeks because what happens if that this uh uh event happens to you while you're sleeping you just die yeah i'm well um, the, the same thing back in like things happening for a reason. Um, at the time I had, I had, um, I had gone through a breakup where I was not living with that person anymore. And I moved back in with my mom mm-hmm. and, um, I was, it was like a, it was like a Thursday, normally on Thursdays, she's at work and I was I was going to take a shower. I take a shower. I lock the door, turn the music all the way up. I didn't lock the door. I didn't turn the music on and she wasn't at work. And it happened to me while I was in the shower and I fell out of the shower and broke the toilet. And my mom heard it, came in, called 911 and saved my life. Wow. But uh, I can't explain that. 
I don't know why that happened. But if I was still living with my ex and I would have taken a shower, I would have just died in that shower. Like mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been home. She wouldn't have cared. So um, I, I take it all as like, I don't know what any of this means. You know what I mean? The divinity of it all, the, mm-hmm. the sacred like reason for me needing to continue to exist. It wasn't but your time yet. It wasn't. So that that's a, like a, par, a part of like my mission in wanting to do a podcast is sort of to like to go like look what I could achieve when I when most people would have not achieved any of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna inspire. I want to inspire to evolve in order to be a better me tomorrow than I am today. And duh, you know. Um, I have now, nowadays, the only like a little bit of like residual thing as like my ears ring sometimes, but then it goes away. And also, I don't know if it's a brain thing, but my jaw hurts a lot all the time. And that could also be from getting hit in the head all the time. I'm right. Sure yeah. That probably, from, that. probably from the punches. Yeah. <laughs> if like I yawn, if I yawn real big. I'm like out of commission for like 10 minutes. Don't talk to me for like 10. Like if I yawn, I'm like, oh, I have to like grab my face and hold it. It's, it's, uh, it's an existence. I'm doing it. <laughs> I have TMJ. So I'll, uh, it only, it's only actually ever happened to me twice in my life. Normally the only way it affects me is like to gross people out because like if you put your hand here and I like, yeah. Yeah, you feel like a crunching on both sides. Uh-huh. But this it happened actually just a couple of days ago, the second time in my whole life. I woke up in the morning and it's just like locked. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the course of the day, and then like if I try to open it, it hurts. And then throughout the course of the day, I like kind of already know it. So I'll take an, an Advil or whatever and just kind of have to wait for it to loosen. And then for a few days, it's sore. So if that's the worst it gets, it's fine. I don't need surgery. <laughs> I'm okay with just that. That's fine. I'm ashamed to know this. But on, on the new season of the Jersey Shore, Wow had the surgery. That's right. And they and she got a blood clot. It fucked her all yeah, up. Her, her head is all big and swollen. Like I said, I'm ashamed to know this, but my girlfriend <laughs> watches the Jersey Shore and I uh, watch it with her. I watch lots of garbage reality television. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like what exactly exactly what it's there for. It's just, just like it's like you don't have to think about your day or like sometimes you're like, oh, my life sucks and then you watch somebody else and they're stupid and you're like oh i'm not stupid like this idiot that's that yeah that is that is the purpose i think right however they're like they're like rich off of their idiocracy (laughs) and like people watch that go oh i must be nice must be nice but i uh (laughs) i think i i think i'm more and more learning to like not compare myself to anyone and I think that's a that's a huge thing. Uh, and I started thinking about it from uh, the Little Mermaid. I was thinking about the Little Mermaid yesterday, and the Little Mermaid says, "Flipping your fins, you don't get too far. Legs are required for jumping, dancing." But then I'm like, "Flipping your fins, you don't get too far. The ocean's bigger than the land." Yeah, you just don't get too far on land, but you kill it in the ocean. Yeah, you you go. It's like, it's like there's more Earth. I'm sorry, there's more water than Earth. How come this planet isn't called water? So the Earth, though, is the whole thing, and it could also work as the dirt. You can call the dirt Earth, or you can call yeah. the whole amalgamation Earth. <laughs> you know, uh, 
<laughs> it was um, there's like uh, like kind of like the Mitch Hedberg the corn on the cob bit. I don't remember. When, when corn's on the cob, when corn's on the cob, it's called corn on the cob. But that's corn. Mm-hmm. When it's okay. not on the cob, it's not called corn off the cob. And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, this is my arm, but I'm Mitch altogether, or some something like that. It was like. I, I was going somewhere else. Oh, the fly. He did the bit about the fly. He said uh, a fly was almost called a land because that's what it does half the, the other half of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, when it came to the, the comparing yourself thing, like uh, I was thinking about that with with her. Who's, she was like, oh, I want to go be a, one of those people and I'll like give up all the cool stuff about me. So so that I can walk on, walk on the land with people, even though I can like talk to fish and I'm like a princess. Like, it's... Yeah, but maybe she also just wanted something different, not just like what was expected of her out of life, but something that was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, well, she just had bigger aspirations. I think maybe the bigger arching message in it was to be grateful for the things that you have. Because she lost her voice. She didn't know how great that was to have it. And then she lost it. And we we all have so many things to all, to just be grateful for having. Like, uh, especially like, a, like a, I'm grateful to have this life. I'm grateful to be able to exist and be able to have the ability to continue to wrestle or maybe inspire or do comedy or do podcasts or even even though i'm uh, i'm just right now my job is i'm like a helper for an hvac company i'm grateful that i get to do that i'm mm-hmm. grateful that i get to do that like i don't have to do that like i don't wake up and go oh, i have to go to work i'm like yeah i get to go i get to go and i get to make money and, and pay I my bills i think the balance is being grateful but not complacent because you can mm-hmm. be grateful for what you have and what you've been given, but that doesn't mean not aspiring for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing that my mom used to always say was the thing about um, content, the word content. And she says how that's the ceiling you keep bumping your head on. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, well, if you say you're content, like I'm, I can't be content. It always has to be like, well, I'm happy that this happened, but I'm not content in just this. I want way more. So, um, I I had this <laughs> I had this this example I was using where I said, "Don't like whatever it was." I was I was with somebody, and I said, "Don't put me in your content. Like I don't want to be inside of that that tent of yours." Because uh, I said something. I was like, "I want I want to know this person. I want to have a conversation. I want to have." A relationship with this person i want to like be friends with this person and she was like yeah get she's like she said like join the club and what she meant by join the club was like get in line everybody wants that mm-hmm. but i'm like no not everybody wants the same thing i want like that's the same the same exact and then i said don't throw me in when you say join the club i'm like yes i'm joining the club of those people who are in that chat group or who are in that like in that bubble of the type of people I want to be around, the the types of things I want to see. It's not like like I I I 
definitely say to any of my friends who are like interesting enough, I say, dude, you, you, you should have your own podcast. And it's not like because uh, I, I'm not, I'm not afraid that they're going to take my podcast listeners away from me. There's no competition to me. Like it's, it's just another, another outlet that mm-hmm. it's a voice that needs to be heard. Like it's, it's things that need to be said that people need to hear. Cause a lot of times, a lot of times I say this stuff's outliving us all. So these messages, like when I had first started doing this, um, my mom had told me about these voicemails that I I've said this on the podcast a million times. So sorry if you've heard it a million times, listeners, maybe hit the skip fast forward 15 seconds button if you want. But uh, when <laughs> when I was starting the show, my mom had record, recorded or like held on to these recordings of voicemails that my grandmother had left her and her, her best friend. And she put them onto a CD. She said, you know how like when people pass away, you kind of forget what their voice sounds like. And I was like, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want you to be able to, to be able to like track my evolving. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to like go, oh, what was it like? when you started this when I was 33 and so on, go on and on and on. I'm 37 now. I just turned 37, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a hundred. I mean, I'm a hundred. <laughs> there you go. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's like, if you were like somebody that you love, somebody who cares about you, like after you pass away or while you're still here, they're not going to know the you who's at 100 years old. They're going to know. They're going to know only the the parts of you that they've seen, right? So, if you want to give a mess, I, I actually I I have a segment that I've been doing. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll give a couple more things, and then I'll give you a uh, hot dog and a handshake, and you right off into the sunset. But the thing I always say, I call this segment audio time travel, right? So. Let's just say somebody who loves you or cares about you is listening to this recording 30 years from today. You're speaking directly to that 30 years from today person, explaining this world and the, the, the resources that we've had to sort of maneuver through and what messages to take away from it so that they can be a better version of themselves tomorrow in order to inspire them. What, what kind of things would you be saying? Oh, boy. I don't think I'm the one they should be coming to for inspiration, especially if they're 30 years in the future from now. None of this is probably useful. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, it it wouldn't have anything to do with the world because the world right now, it's it's in a pretty interesting, weird place that they'll read about in their history books. But I guess for anybody, the most important thing is – if you're going through a shitty time, that shitty time is going to end. Um, there's been so many people that I've known that have just given, you know, given up or fallen victim to the shitty circumstances in life. And uh, it's just important to know that even if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, that it's there and you're not the only one in a situation like that. And uh, yeah, just uh, I don't know. I like suicide is like such a sad, terrible thing, but I, I just feel like um, when you take that route, you just give your problems to other people, 
you know, like they say. And uh, so you're uh, you're taking your pain away from yourself and giving it to everybody who loves you. So don't do that, please. Yeah, it's a it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. The the. Uh, <clears throat> so my my all time my all time favorite recording artists, male vocalists. I'll say my favorite ones of all time. Uh, Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, and Brandon Boyd of Incubus. Right. So I, uh, the day that Chester Bennington killed himself, I went to an Incubus concert and Brandon Boyd said, this is for you, Chester. And then they did a cover of Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. And then they did their Wish You Were Here. And I was a teary eyed mess teary-eyed mess and uh, and i like turned to the person i was with and then she said wouldn't it be messed up if he killed himself next oh wait let me let me restart that story and tell you about the time i ditched somebody at a concert (laughs) 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 but yeah it's like i i i do have some some similar thoughts to kind of what you were saying Things that I that I say that you know once again, people on the podcast. If you're listening to us and you heard it a million times, stick with it, <laughs> stick with me. But I I always say um, instead of being just like an observer in your life, that's how you do become like falling victim to life happening to you. So instead of being an observer in your life, take take the action in order to become a deliberate creator in your existence. So, you know, things things suck. They might suck for a little while, but they'll get better. And you'll have this story of when they sucked to help you get through the next time things aren't as good as they should be. Mm-hmm. Failure is success practice. <laughs> and as many other cheesy, inspirational <laughs> things you could possibly say. <laughs> so what uh, I like to do because I mean, you, we kind of already did it, but I, I like to um, give you the opportunity to just like say anything you want to say or ask me anything you want to ask me. But I normally would say that I've hypothetically handed this show to you. I've hypothetically handed this show to you. So right now it's evolving with Shannon Lee, and this is the pilot episode. This is your first episode <laughs> of the podcast. What life lessons? Can you help someone to evolve? Like what 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 are the what are the the things to help somebody be a better version of themselves? And wrap it up in it's like a Jerry Springer's final thought sort of way. So that so that oh, you know what? That's kind of dated. I mean, people might not know that anymore. Maybe, yeah, that's true. For everyone not a hundred, they're not gonna yeah, get that. You know what? Who is the podcasting audience? I mean, maybe you know this. Like, what is the normal age of people who listen to podcasts? I mean, I know what the demographic of my show is. I guess it varies based on the show, though. But mine is like 25 to 37, I think. And men. And I need more chicks to listen to my show. So if you're a girl, please come over and listen to my show. <laughs> you're, you, you know, I, I had the exact same thought. You and I were talking about the other day. We were talking about like, my YouTube videos are like, like nobody cares about them. But the only people who do watch them are the the female, the female viewers, the female podcast listeners. Like, you know, 
How about everybody? <laughs> you know, about you take some of those females and I'll take some of your males yep. and we'll, we'll mesh them together. Perfect. But <laughs> so in your Jerry Springer's final thought. Oh, you didn't forget about well, this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the Jerry Springer's final thought. We should maybe call it something else. I mean, I'm going to, you know what? If I called it something else, then I wouldn't have the opportunity to talk about how no one's going to know what I'm talking about. Hmm. I like it. I think you should stick with it. I'm going to. Um, stamped, stamped it. <laughs> I uh, it's just so difficult because it's hard to give like such a general blanket thing and I don't like to tell anybody what they should do in their life I don't pretend to know any better than anybody else um, I don't know I'd say um, watch some bad reality TV when you're feeling bad about your life and uh, it'll give you a boost I mean for me if I'm feeling um gross, <laughs> the right way to say it, but if I watch like a pimple, Dr. Pimple Popper, if my skin's not great and I'm like, well, God damn it, it could be so much worse and I'm grateful for the skin that I have or my 600 pound life. You can watch that and be like, all right, maybe uh, I'm not in the perfect shape, but you know, I'm still doing all right. <laughs> so I think that these are entertaining ways um, to brighten your day a little bit and give you the energy to make the changes that you need to be happy in life. The end. <laughs> Take care of yourselves and each other. I, I've been doing this bit. I want to. I want to talk to you about it now. I've, I've. I've also probably talked about it on the podcast before, but I've been saying um, on stage, like, can we just, can we just all agree that we're going to stop comparing ourselves to other people? You know, you look at somebody and you're like, oh, that that person's got a great car. They got a nice job. They probably got everything figured out. They got a really nice house, right? Everything's all figured out. And I think about it this way. You know birds? Birds. They still get hit by cars. They got the entire sky. Not everybody's got it all figured out. But if you're going to compare yourself to people, compare yourself to people who are gross and have pimples. Sure. There you go. Should, That's what you got to do. I should add that tag. I was just inspired by you. That's very important. There, there is so many on TLC. There's like ones about people with gross feet. Like there are, there is an array. You can watch Love After Lockup, People in Love with Prisoners, 90 Day Fiance. I mean, it's endless. Don't watch Love Island though, because those people are goddamn perfect human beings. Don't watch that. Well, <laughs> watch the other ones. We watched the, was the Love at First Sight. Was that what it was called? That's that, one of that. Oh, Married one, at First Sight. Ma no, no, no. It was Love is Blind. Like, that's the one, yeah, okay. where it was like they were like talking through a thing. Mm -hmm. Garbage Great, reality shows have gotten me through the pandemic. I would do that show. I like yeah. that idea. And I would also do Married at First Sight. I've said this on my show so many times. If they come to New York City, I'm putting in a, a casting application. I would totally do it. <laughs> I, it, I feel like all I want to do is get – a garbage reality TV show about my life or like be in a sitcom. Like all those are like the things that I want to do so that I can just say I did them. And then like for a good amount of those, you could probably make a living like the duck dynasty guys probably make more money than I'll ever make in my life. So. Yeah. But it, it messes up those people's lives though. Like if you are at all, if you're fragile in any part of your life, like that, putting your life out there, even though it's some altered version of your life for television, mm -hmm. however producers want to frame it, um, 
a lot of like there it affects people really negatively if they're portrayed you know in a way that they don't see themselves it really messes them up right i get i got you all right well maybe Just a warning before you start your show <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll be less enthusiastic about it now <laughs> just manage your expectations. <laughs> just manage those expectations. But um, I'm just I'm super psyched that you were able to uh, to carve out some of this time. I, I I say all the time how important I think the currency of effort is, and the currency of your time. Like when they say pay attention, it's like yeah, you're really because we don't give ourselves the opportunity to be very bored anymore. Everything mm -hmm. is like, well, you, you want something, you got an itch, scratch it. Like, mm -hmm. and, you know, we don't really listen to people as often as we should or communicate with people as often as we should. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I'm glad that we were able to get to know each other a little bit more. It'll, it'll, it'll help me out a little bit more tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. And I also look forward to tomorrow on The Thing yeah. and Sting. <laughs> All right. Anything uh, Anything else you want to say or plug? Or, I, I mean, I've never done that, but. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram at Shannon Lee 6982 and just listen to my podcast. The thing is, dang, we talk about bad dates, fighting and ghosts. And you can get that wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube, wherever. All right. Now, if this is the first time you've, you're checking, listen, I'm talking to the people who are watching. Not you, Shannon. But I'm <laughs> sure, if if this is the first time you're listening to the show, if this is the first time you're checking out Evolving with Corey Castle, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, comment down below, maybe tell your friends about the show, hit, you know, go on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you, wherever you listen to your podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channel, at Corey Castle, that's C-O-R-Y-K-A-S-T-L-E, Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, and uh, tell everybody that everybody that you love that you love them. Tomorrow's not promised. Let's play today like it's like we're champions. And be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks.